Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read to you some uh, selected verses from our Gospel reading. It's a hard word today, but uh, it's God's word. So I'll read to you a few, a few verses. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfil to the Lord the vows that you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your law is good and designed for our blessing. We thank you for Jesus and his authority to redefine and set things straight for us. Please fill us with your spirit. Teach us and instruct us that we might live as authentic people in your kingdom and bring glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I find it very easy to redefine things for myself. It's easy to redefine our situation. My sweet little daughter down the front there with Janelle Amy When I tell her that she can't open the cupboard at home with Janelle's good china in it, what do you think she does? She opens it. (laughs) But she opens it when we're not around. And then what happens is we encounter her somewhere down the hallway with uh, a good piece of china in her hand and what does she do? She turns around and makes a bolt back for the cupboard because she thinks if she can get it back into the cupboard before we catch up with her, Well, it didn't really happen. It's back in the cupboard, it didn't happen. And because she's a 17-month-old, she's not very stable on her feet, so there's not very many high-speed foot pursuits in our home either, or everything would get broken. Now, today we have Peace Lutheran College staff with us as well, and they're going to know this much more, they're going to have much more experience than I do at this. But the other thing kids do so well is redefine and reinterpret our words to them. So while I say to Amy, don't open the cupboard, Amy looks at me intently and just touches the handle. I'm not opening the cupboard, Dad. I'm just touching the handle. Now, a good lawyer might be able to convince me and get her off the hook. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Amy's breaking the law by touching the handle? Is she going against what, the, uh, what I've told her? You're all smiling. You don't think so, do you? And oh, how we grow in skill as we get older. We become so good at redefining the parameters to suit ourselves. We're so good at it. And it seems that we're not alone because the people in Jesus' day had much the same problem as us. In fact, it goes right back to Adam and Eve in the garden, doesn't it? In that fruit tree. And Satan saying, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? Did he really say that, redefining it? But in Jesus' day, it was the religious leaders who had consistently taken the gift of the law, which is God's commands and instructions for life, 
and simply miss the point. And that was certainly the case in the commands in our text today concerning murder, adultery, divorce and making oaths. But it applies to the whole of God's word. So in our text, the religious leaders believed that they'd been obedient to the fifth commandment concerning murder as long as they hadn't murdered anyone. But we need to ask what they meant by that. And that meant they hadn't put their hands around someone's neck and physically killed them. So they hadn't committed murder. In the same way, adultery could be avoided by not sleeping with people outside of their marriage relationship. Sounds fair enough. I think we can understand uh, how they came to those conclusions. Divorce, no problems. Just give your ex a certificate of divorce, it's all good. And the next one too, when you're not happy, certificate of divorce, it's all good, no questions asked. Make an oath and keep it. Don't make an oath and even if you've given your word, you're a pretty smart character because you can probably get out of it because you didn't make an oath. It's a clever way out if you could manage it. And so here's Jesus addressing his disciples, learners on a faith journey just like all of us are and it's a picture of a Messiah, a teaching Messiah and his students. And Jesus does some massive redefining of his own. He raises the bar far higher than the religious leaders of the day by deepening and amplifying the Old Testament law and he brings it into the context of real everyday life because Jesus is about where the rubber hits the road. He's not about lofty concepts and ideas. He's about real life and living now. And he says things like, you've heard it said by the ancients, but I say to you. In fact, he said it four times just in our little passage and then he goes on later. And so who has the authority to deepen and amplify God's commands. You remember the prophets of old would say things like, Thus saith the Lord, and you knew that they had the authority of God behind them. Thus says the Lord. They spoke with God's authority. Jesus simply says, But I say to you. That little letter, I, is really important. Jesus is the I am, isn't he? And Jesus comes to us with all authority in heaven and on earth. He's the Son of God and he possesses all that the Father has. And so he goes on to fill out the commands and the instructions and he paints a picture, not an unrealistic picture, but a real picture of what it looks like to live as God's people, to live being authentic in our relationships and living in the love and forgiveness that God in Christ has won for us on the cross. It's not that there was anything lacking in the Old Testament, far from it. But what the religious leaders had done had redefined and taught God's word in such a narrow sense that they stripped it of any real meaning. They sucked the life out of it. They set the bar way down low so that everyone could get by, or especially them. They moved the goalposts and they made it into a list of do's and don'ts. They were concerned about outward appearances and not about the transformation of hearts. The transformation of hearts. They deadened the law instead of living in its life-building and life-affirming qualities. Listen to Luther's uh, explanation of the fifth commandment. I had a look at it when I was preparing this. He says, We should fear and love God so that we may not hurt or harm our neighbour in his body. Fair enough. But befriend him in every bodily need in every need and danger of life and body. There's that second dimension to it. This is life-affirming. It builds up. 
It's got legs on it, so much more than empty outward religious appearances. Checklist of do's and don'ts is not what it means to follow Jesus. But in deepening and amplifying the commandments, there's a reality that stares each one of us point blank in the face and it hit me as I was looking at this text. Because when hatred is equal to murder, when lust is equal to adultery, when divorce is not as easy as we might like to think and when being deceptive in our words is forbidden, the net has widened, hasn't it? It's widened big time. We're all caught up in this and it touches every single one of us. Because when we try to redefine God's word, we move the goalpost to where we feel comfortable so that we can feel like we're justified in our behaviour and in everything we do. But that is not a safe place for us to be living. It's not a safe place and it's not reality. Jesus never said, take up your cross and be comfortable. He said, take up your cross and follow me. And sometimes that means hearing hard words like today. Sometimes it means that we're confronted. Sometimes it means that we're challenged in real big ways. Sometimes it means that we feel uncomfortable and we squirm. But all the same, while we're doing that, there's another reality at work here because there is a greater hope at work in these words than we realise. The blessing, the great blessing of Matthew 5 where our text comes from, is not that the commandments are obsolete in any way, far from it. What did Jesus say? He said, not one stroke or letter from the law will pass away. The blessing is Jesus Christ himself who enters human history and fulfils every one of the requirements of the law in your place and in my place. The Old Testament commands haven't become irrelevant for us. Instead, we gladly and willingly follow their message as Christians who are united with Jesus, living in his power, not our perfection. We're living in his power, the one who has fulfilled the demands of the law for us and the one who is there to carry us when we find ourselves struggling and gasping for air in our own lives. A couple of weeks ago when we arrived... Of course, you remember the cyclone came through and, um, and whenever you turned on the news you either saw uh, threatening images of uh, Cyclone Yassi or the other thing that was on the news, there was only two things, the other thing was uh, unrest in Egypt, the peaceful protests in Egypt, peaceful protests they said. And I was struck by some footage of those peaceful protests uh, maybe a week or so ago as I listened And as I watched, there was an Egyptian man, or there's a couple of them in the camera, staring right down the barrel of the camera. And with as much zeal as they could muster, they said to their leader, uh, Hasni Mubarak, we hate you. We hate you. We hate you. We will stay here and we will die here if we have to, but we hate you. I was struck by those words. And as I encountered this text, I was struck by those words because in God's economy, this is not a peaceful protest. This is murder. Murder. We hate you. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that he does not treat us as we treat and speak about others. 
Instead, we have peace with God through our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and thank him and praise him for that. More than this, every insult or word that you've ever spoken that tears someone down, that I've spoken that tears someone down, the hatred and violence in the world, our lusts, our hunger, because lust is a hunger to exercise power over other people, our deception in our words, our giving up, was all nailed to the cross upon Jesus. He bore all that. Through the cross and those cleansing waters of baptism, Jesus has redefined once more how God sees all of us. Not as people caught in a net of hatred and deception and lust, but his beloved children set apart, called holy, washed and purified by the blood of Christ. And friends, that is very, very good news. Very good news. Purified by the blood of Christ. And so now, now we're embarking on a journey of our own, aren't we? As God's holy people. And it's not an easy journey, but for my part, I wouldn't be anywhere else, and I know Janelle feels the same, but here with you on that journey. And it's a journey of authentic discipleship, just like we've been looking at this morning. And so a free and redeemed people we have an adventure before us, a great adventure, an exciting adventure as a parish. Peace Lutheran College staff and students have a great adventure as they set off and embark on a new year as disciples in a school context. And we're so glad that you are here with us and we join you in that and we pray for you and we want to bless you as you go as well. But it means we've all got choices to make. And those choices are how are we going to respond individually, how are we going to respond corporately, how are we going to respond, each of us in our individual calling, in the place where God has set us. And I want to say, let's not go in the direction of the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Outwardly, they looked impeccable, they looked clean, but their hearts were stained with bitterness, their hearts were stained with hatred, their hearts were stained with their deception. Let's not move the goalposts, watering down God's word so it doesn't mean anything and so that we feel safe and comfortable in our sin. Let's not do that. But let's simply follow Jesus Christ. Let's cling to his promises. Let's follow his commands as a free response to the abundant life that we have each received through Jesus on the cross. And if we're honest, we're going to admit that there's going to be times when we fall. And when we do, let's confess our failures to each other and to God. Let's receive his forgiveness. Let's forgive one another. Let's pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and do what? But fix our gaze again unwaveringly upon Jesus. What an exciting time. What an exciting time to be walking together as the body of Christ in this place, in this calling that you have. God has called you and he's called me to be his light bearers in this place. That's a holy calling. Trust that God will equip you with every good gift as we live in his grace together and as we share the love of Jesus in this place and far beyond these walls. I want to finish now with an encouraging word from our Old Testament reading from Moses as he addressed the Israelites as they were about to enter the promised land together. And he said to them, now choose life. Now choose life that, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice 
and hold fast to him. And these last six words, they're amazing. They're so full. For the Lord, that's Yahweh, for the Lord is your life. For the Lord is your life. Friends, thanks be to God that Jesus has fulfilled the commandments in our place and that he has united him with himself, united us with himself, so that we don't have a righteousness of our own, but we cling to him and his righteousness, which he gives to us and that he keeps giving to us. That's the blessing as we gather together to hear his word and join together. And may, as we do that, may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds safe in Christ Jesus our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.